All right, welcome back to the Sports Med Analytics Podcast. I am Deepak Chona. Thank you very much for joining. Now, I know why you're here, so we will dive right in. Just after a reminder to make sure you're checking sportsmedanalytics.com for your updates throughout the week. Now, here we go, starting with Aaron Jones. Comments suggest a mild severity hamstring strain, but he hasn't been practicing all week, and that makes Jones very likely to miss week two. Pending his progress going into next week, we've leaned towards him returning week three. Upon return, upper-tier running backs like Aaron Jones tend to see only a mild performance hit, but they do have about a 10 to 15% elevated re-injury risk as well. Now, Austin Eckler, a little less optimism here, likely out week two. Comments suggest a high ankle sprain, and injury report progression suggests that this one's on the milder side. Average for those is about two to three weeks. So in most cases, we would see Eckler come back week three to week four. Keep in mind, however, that these do tend to impact running back performance for about six weeks post-injury, and during that time, they carry an elevated re-injury risk as well. Then we have Puka Nakua, everybody's favorite waiver ad from this week. Now, his status for the game is to be determined. We would lean towards him playing week two. However, it's a brutal matchup against the 49ers, and these do tend to cause noticeable performance dips up to about 15% for wide receivers of Nakua's style this soon after injury. Reaggravation rate is relatively low, but if that occurs, it'd be likely to knock him out for an average of two weeks. Overall, not a huge ton of optimism for starting Nakua. Then we have Travis Kelsey. Looking more optimistic here, we'd heavily lean towards him playing Given his personal history of durability, in combination with the average bone bruise timeline of about two weeks, the data rates at about 75% chance of playing. And then if you factor in his comments, the fact that he was twerking on the sideline the other day, we would lean pretty heavily that way. Production impact for these tends to be relatively low. So while reaggravation can occur, overall the risk is pretty favorable for a player of Travis Kelsey's profile. Then we have Mark Andrews. Now the tight ends have been hit hard, but this looks like a good week for them. His status is also to be determined officially, but we would lean towards him playing. These don't tend to drop past catching tight ends performance. And these quad strains, however, do carry a re-injury risk as high as about 15% at this time point post-injury. Then we have Jerry Judy. Now with that hamstring, the key is gonna be a re-injury risk. And since his was probably a moderate severity based on his timeline, that risk is about 20% initially. It does project to taper off over the next six weeks. Now, for week two, we would expect only about a 15% explosiveness dip, but that should recover to full strength in about two weeks. Then we have DeAndre Hopkins. Now, status officially to be determined, but he hasn't practiced all week. The video looked like a high ankle, Combining that with his age and practice participation gives him a 70% chance of sitting. So we're pretty much banking on that being the outcome here. We would lean towards his return week three or week four. Keep in mind that DeAndre Hopkins, especially when he was in Houston and Arizona, had a history of not practicing during the week with minor injuries, but still playing and often playing well that Sunday. But again, we follow the data, and the data is suggests that outcome is relatively unlikely in this case. Then we have Christian Watson. Now, looking anxiously for his season debut, 
but it's still to be determined for his week two status and we would lean towards him sitting he only practiced in a limited fashion on friday he missed practice the rest of the week the good news here is that that progression gives him a 60 percent chance of returning week three if he does in fact miss week two now of course we'll have that updated and more accurate following next week's practice progression but upon his return we would expect only a mild performance impact and a moderate 10 to 15 percent re-injury risk for christian watson then deontay johnson basically dealing with the same thing he's likely out week two the video looked like a pretty at least moderate severity hamstring strain and the average timeline for these is going to be two to three weeks data therefore favors his return most likely week four or week five we would lean a little bit closer to the week four range with a low performance impact, but a 20% re-injury risk for the first six weeks back. Then we have Darren Waller. Now, although he's likely playing week two, he's been practicing, he's off the report, there's not much performance impact expected, but this one's really high risk. He has a history of three significant soft tissue injuries, including two hamstring strains that shut him down in previous seasons. He's over 30 years old, and now he's reporting hamstring tightness, all of that makes him a super high-risk player. While he's attractive in daily fantasy formats, we would consider moving away from Waller in season-long formats. So if he has a big game, looking to sell high. Then we have Terry McLaurin, likely playing week two, but the data suggests he's still going to be affected by that turf toe, and it looks like it probably held him back in week one, as we sort of expected from the data as well. Now expect one to two more weeks of that performance hit. And by about week four, he looks to be full explosiveness. Then DJ Chark. Now this one could go either way. Our data rates it as a 60% chance of playing. He did have some limited practice sessions in. And if he is playing, expect both a moderate performance impact and a moderate re-injury risk, both around 15%. Then Raheem Moster, another sell-high target for us. If you look at Raheem Moster, he did miss practice this week but he's 31 years old. That's not uncommon for a running back and especially one with his extensive knee history. Very likely missed practice just related to veteran maintenance, but given his injury history, he's gonna carry a high risk for the near future. And he's a player worth considering for a sell high opportunity if he puts up a big performance soon. Now I have him in a dynasty league and I'm certainly hoping my league mates are not listening to this. Brandon Cooks, now to-be-determined status, but we would heavily favor him sitting this week. The average MCL takes about two to three weeks, so it would be surprising for him to be out there right now. The data says that's about a 20% chance. Most wide receivers would not see a performance dip upon return, which for Cooks projects to be that week three to week four range. Then we have Aaron Rodgers. Now, comments suggest he is aiming for a possible return later this season, this unfortunately would be a very, very heavy outlier. Now with modern techniques, the earliest return is still pretty rare prior to six months, and that was the Cam Akers case. Biological healing requires a bare minimum of about three to four months, and that already puts us into about January. So it will be pretty unlikely to see Rodgers out there sooner than the end of the season. Then Pat Fryermuth. now he is playing week two, but keep in mind that these do tend to cause mild performance dips for the first two games post-injury. The good news is there's a relatively low re-injury risk expected. 
Then we have a couple of offensive linemen. First, Teron Armstead. Status is to be determined, but we lean towards him playing. He hasn't really given us much clarity on the underlying diagnosis here. But again, based on his practice progression and the comments out of Miami, we have optimism that Teron Armstead is back on the field. And then another key offensive lineman for the league's best team, the Houston Texans, Laramie Tunsil. Now, his status is to be determined. Also, his progression suggests that he will likely not play. While offensive linemen do have a tendency to play through more knee injuries than most other positions, Tunsil practiced and then had to sit afterwards, and that gives him less than 50% chance, slightly less than 50% chance of playing. And then we have the quarterback of the future, C.J. Stroud. Now, to be determined status for week two, we don't have a lot of information available here, but these late week additions to the injury report are concerning just based on the timing alone. Not a lot of time to heal once you get put on that Friday injury report, but comments suggest this one is relatively low in severity, so we would lean slightly towards C.J. Stroud playing at this time. And then we have Zach Moss. Now, playing probably playing week two, and that would be right around average timeline for his uh, sur- for post-fracture surgery. We would expect overall a low production impact, although he does project to have some increased fumbling risk due to a little bit of a forearm strength deficit compared to his baseline. And then we look at Jacoby Myers. Now, Myers is out with a concussion. He hasn't practiced all week. It certainly looks like he's out this week, but most commonly, he would end up returning week three. A little bit of surprising data when we found this out, but there's not much of a production impact expected. The key, though, is that there is some elevated elevated injury risk, and that's to lower extremity injuries, as well as future concussions for this season are likely to cause a little bit of a prolonged absence. It's not clear why that lower extremity risk exists. It may be because some degree of the proprioception or understanding where the body is in space is not quite full strength yet. But again, that would be speculating to say either way, though, Jacoby Myers most likely return is going to be week three. And then we have Chase Young. He's been out a long time Weird injury reported as a stinger, but it very clearly was not a stinger based on his practice timelines. Now, he is probably playing week two, and just based on the fact that he was fully practicing for the past two days, it does first highly predict a return after a neck injury, but it also predicts a good return to performance. So not much of a production hit expected for Chase Young. And then a little less optimism here on Joey Bosa, Status is officially to be determined, but he only got in one limited practice with a hamstring this week. Data suggests that's a 60% chance that he sits. Progression does suggest a likely return for week three. And that's all we got for the moment, so we will end it here. But if you have further questions, hit us up on Twitter at SportMDAnalysis, and we will catch you next time.